This is the coach, Brendan Sir, with another Coaching You podcast. And one of the things that uh, we wanted to do as we as we get closer to some of our events coming up is, uh, you know, constantly be uh, giving you the type of programs that we talk about and things that we talk about and try to educate with at Coaching You. And this is the time of the year I, m- we have always felt that you really work on your game as a coach. And it brought me back to a couple of years ago, I was doing a clinic for a good friend of mine in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I was asked to be the keynote speaker to about 250 coaches and uh, mostly assistant coaches. And, you know, what they had to look forward to, what they should think about in their progress, you know, trying to go up the ladder. And so it was... uh, it was a very, it, w- it sounds like maybe an easy task, but it, I looked at it as one that had great responsibility. Uh, and let me share with you some of the ideas that I gave to this group. I told them that I'm really, really big on purpose and, and what you're trying to do. My purpose that day was to teach, to share, to help them grow, and to help and really, inf- really encourage them to become a continuous learner. I want to make an impact and influence uh, people all the time, and especially coaches. Uh, I talk to them about one of the things that I, I really spend a lot of time on is reading. And in preparing for this speech, uh, it brought me back to one of my favorite books that I was reading at the time by a, a buddy of mine, Marshall Goldsmith, who's an executive coach. And the name of the book is What Got You Here won't get you there. And it's really what's true about coaching. What got you where you are right now won't get you where you want to go. That just got you in the game. But to get where you need to go, you have to make a lot of progress. And I I really encourage them about that. So uh, as we go along, think about that. Another book I recommended at the time was Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. A terrific book, and I think you know you enjoy it. And you know George Raveling, our great friend, uh, you know has a reading section on his website, and I really encourage you to look at that. And George believes that you need to read one book a week, which I'm, I frankly am not able to do. But I read so many magazine articles and so much stuff on the internet. I try to do maybe a book a month. Uh, but John Gordon, a dear friend, uh, has probably six, seven, eight bestsellers now. I encourage you to read anything from his library. The Energy Bus is very famous for attitude. Training Camp is really very sports-related. Positive Dogs, one of my favorites because I love dogs. Uh, Seed is about purpose. One Word is something that I do every year for myself and for our team where I pick one word that it's kind of my mantra for the year. And uh, it's a personal thing. And then as you keep doing it for like six years now, my one words now have become six words. And it really kind of is fun to watch that build. Um, And then you you can also do that and have a team word. You know, many teams pick family and things like that. A team that had a bad record a year ago, uh, you know, picked theirs U-turn. And I told someone, well, that's your problem. That's two words. But anyway, it's it's a fun thing, a fun exercise to do. And I think anything that John Gordon does, uh, you'll enjoy. He's coming out with a new book uh, in the next uh, month or two uh, called Positive Leadership, which I know will be another bestseller. But I think in keeping along with those lines, 
the key is that you have to figure out how do you get better? How do you keep trying to grow? I, as I told the group, um, I've never coached basketball in my life. I've coached people. And you have to understand that as much as we like X's and O's and how much I think they're an important part of my life and that's something I'm pretty good at, uh, people is what it's all about. Uh, coaches get in trouble when they can't connect to players, when they can't you know, connect to people that are involved in their life, whether it be parents or whatever, uh, administrators that you have. Pro. It's a relationship-based business, and so you have to excel in the people aspect of it. If not, you're in the wrong business or in your wrong position on a staff. Uh, so this is very, very important. I think uh, one of the other things that, you know, I I try to be is a truth teller. And when I coach uh, individuals, you know, and I do executive coaching or coaching uh, coaches, which I do often, uh, one of the things that I ask everyone before when I work with them is are you I ask them the question are you coachable and I've never had anyone say that they're not and then the second thing I ask them is may I be truthful with you and of course they say yes but that gives me permission then to really coach and you want to be involved with people that are going to tell you the truth not trying to hurt your feelings but the only way you're going to progress is if you know what the truth is. How are people perceiving you? I think this is really important. Let me ask you some questions about that I think as you're going along, uh, especially now in the off season, you have to definitely, and before you start coaching next season, you have to ask yourself. I do this all the time to myself. The first thing is, why do you coach? You have to answer that uh, because this is, you know, I think I, I there's a very, very famous coach who I will not name, um, who is at one point, you can figure it out, had the most wins of any coach in college basketball. And after he retired, you know, someone asked him, why would you like to coach again? And he said, yes. And the answer was, why? And I was waiting for this person to say, because I miss the kids. I miss being in the gym with these guys. I really love watching these guys grow. I love being part of a team. All those kind of things. His answer was shocking to me. He said, I want to see if my offense can beat the other guy's defense and if my defense can stop his offense. If that's the reason you're coaching, stop immediately because it's not about you. It's about the players that play for you. And so if you're, you're making this about yourself, then you, that's not why you're a leader. You're a leader when you, st when you are a leader in business, as a parent, or as a coach. It stops being about you. It's about the child. It's about your players. It's about the people that work for you in business. So this is a really critical thing. You have to know why you coach. Uh, you know, many years ago, uh, there was a head coach of Rutgers, Mike Rice, who's a terrific X and O and a terrific teacher, uh, but he ran into some problems because of the way he treated his players very abusively, and he got fired because of it. And one of the things that I talked to Mike about subsequently in trying to help him was I asked him why he coached, and until he finally figured out 
that it was about the kids, you know, he, he was stuck. And now he's an excellent high school coach who just won the state championship in New Jersey. And he's coaching for the right reasons now. But it took him a terrible lesson uh, to go through to have to learn that. So don't forget why you're coaching. One of the things that uh, when we talk about, you know, the way you're, you know, you're perceived, uh, you know, I think it's so important that we never as coaches think about how those kids are receiving our coaching. And I think this is something that's really, I, I never thought about it till frankly a few years ago. And I played in high school for a great, great coach in UB Brown and then worked in the NBA with him. And he was very demanding on on guys. And uh, what I think, you know, you think about afterwards is I sat there on the edge of my seat in awe of him teaching, but I don't know how those players were taking and receiving it. I don't think they were in awe a lot of times because he was chewing their ass out something awful. And I think that, you know... You know, whether it's, I think it's so important that you put them yourself in, in their spot. And I think one of the things that you must do is to say, is this style working? And also, to coin another phrase, would you want your son or daughter to play for you? And if you, if I had a very, very famous Hall of Fame coach that I was working with, and after a practice one day, I said, um, would you go and coach your son like that? And he looked at me and he says, F, no. And I said, well, very appropriately. I said, exactly. Why would you coach my son that way? And then he startled him. And he totally changed his style because he never looked at it like that. He had been coached like that as a player, and he was fine with it. But you know what? Not You have to understand, in coaching, every player you must coach differently. And if you don't grasp that and understand that, then understand that some kids can take hard coaching, some guys can't. And so you really have to you know, think about that when you're putting your style together. Okay, let me give you some ideas. What the best coaches do better than anyone else. And I thought these were some really good tips. The best coaches in any sport have high energy level, great enthusiasm, great passion for what they're doing. Number two, they're incredibly determined. They're mentally tough. Uh, They're able to handle adversity. I think you, I used to always tell a story about this dog that we had uh, named Charlie. And Charlie was a great mixed uh, beagle and, you know, he was, you know, he was quite a large fellow, to put it mildly, very overweight dog. And we had, you know, five or six Jack Russells around the house, and Charlie was not exactly able to keep up with them, but he tried like heck. And Charlie, you know, I used to always say to people, would, you know, love sports, also love some of the shows that I like to watch on TV. And we would sit on the couch and watch uh, games and all of a sudden but every day in our home in Florida what happened was the doorbell rang minimum once a day while he and I were on the couch and old Charlie would just fall off the couch kind of forward and he would run to the or waddle towards the front door as fast as he could but the last 20 feet 
go into the front door were all hardwood floors. And as Charlie tried to stop, he smashed into the door every time. The brakes wouldn't work. And he did this probably for eight years that I can remember. Eight years in a row. Basically 365 days a year. Do you know what? That doorbell was never for Charlie. But he never got discouraged. And I used to say when I'd speak to corporate groups, you know, it's like a sales guy, that, you know, is making those cold calls and he's not making it. It's like a lot of players they've had, no matter how many times they shot and missed, they didn't get discouraged. You have to be like that. You have to have that kind of determination to really be great in anything. But the best coaches have that. They don't stop. I think you have to have an optimistic outlook every single day. You know, uh, one of the things that, you know, I think is so important is that every day as a head coach, as an assistant coach, you can't have a bad day. You can't. Your people around you might, but you can't. I think one of the things that I've learned about is practice. Practice to develop mastery in something. You know, Gladwell wrote in his book, Outliers, that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to master, to gain mastery in something, whether it be the piano, whether it be basketball, whether it be writing, speaking, 10,000 hours. Wow. That's a commitment. That's what you have to encourage your players to get to. That's the kind of effort and thing. I have young coaches come up to me all the time and they want to know how to... How do I make it to the NBA? How do I get to college coaching? And when I tell them how I started and how I had to work at, you know, 10 camps a summer, driving all over the eastern and southern United States, making 75 to $100 a week, six and seven day camps. Yeah, well, what's a faster way to do it? No, that that's the way I did it. That's the way I grew. That's how I learned to coach. And so that's just what worked for me. There's not, if you get a shortcut, you're probably not prepared. You can get there through shortcuts, but you're probably not going to be ready. Another thing I want to emphasize to you is that, and this is really critical for coaches, is that you got to love all of your players. And, And that's a hard thing a lot of times, but you have to. Because if you don't, that player will see right through that. They're very street smart. And and so you have to understand that if they can tell, they can sense if you don't love them. I believe not in tough love, but in love tough. You have to love someone first before you can be tough with them. So I encourage you to do try it that way. But coaching, leadership, parenting, it's the same skill set. And so coaching is really about helping people. It's about coaching is about get taking people where they can't take themselves. That's why they need you because you can help them get to where they want to go. Assistant coaches, okay? Uh that's that's the majority of coaches that there are in the world are assistants. There's one head coach and in the NBA there's four, five, six, seven assistants. College is four, five assistants. Uh football you have fourteen, fifteen assistants to one head coach. As an assistant coach, you have to stay in the present. The best job that you have is the one you have now. You know, and really, I can't emphasize that. Don't go politicking and don't go looking for another job. 
Work the hell out of the job you have. Be loyal to the person that you're working for. Uh, become an expert at some th part of the game. If you're in basketball, become an expert at defense. You know, offensive sets, zone offense, zone defense. Gain some expertise. I don't care if it's baseline, out of bounds, play side of. Really become good at something. Player development. If you're a college coach, one thing, if you really want to advance in a college game, you've got to be a great recruiter. you got to figure out how to become one. If you don't have a good personality and you don't enjoy being around people, then you shouldn't be a college coach. It's about recruiting. The talent that you have will determine how good a coach you're going to be. On the bench, uh, as an assistant coach, there's two things. I've worked with guys before that are highly emotional on the bench, screaming, yelling on every play. Uh, they're screaming before the kids can even get the ball out of their hands. Uh, I heard something terrific a few years ago from Kevin Eastman, and he said, when you're on the bench as an assistant, there's two things you can do. You can be emotional, and you can be in an evaluation mode. 10% should be emotion. 90% should be evaluation. Find something that you can help your coach, head coach, with. And don't have any personal agendas. You work for the head coach and that school. And you work and serve the players. They don't serve you. Okay, you need to have one united voice. This is so critical as an assistant coach. You can't be, nothing can be negative out of your mouth. You have to, you have to be very positive and you have to, if the head coach says this is the way we're doing it, you can't say, well, this is what he wants to do, but I don't agree with it. You have to all come out of there with a united voice. Uh, and that is very, very critical for the way you're going to be as a staff. Uh, I talked about before, you can't have a bad day, bad practice, you know, bad game. You always have to be up. You can't complain. You know, complaining, uh, my friend Lou Holtz once told me, complaining is kind of like vomiting. After you do it, you feel better, but the other people can't stand it. You know, so don't bring problems. Instead, bring solutions. Head coaches make decisions. Assistant coaches make suggestions. I've made tons of great suggestions. Very few decisions. You need to have your own philosophy so that when and if you do become a head coach, you know what the heck you're going to do. So as an assistant, you have to understand, how will you defend a pick and roll? How do you want to run your fast break? How will you play post defense? Will your team press? Will your team play zone? You need to have at least four or five plays for your best player to get a shot. Do you have that? What will you run in crunch time on offense or in the last four minutes of the game? You know, we have things that we don't run the the entire game until the last four minutes so that we don't want to be scouted as we come down the stretch. Everything comes down to execution. Execution. You have to develop a culture of execution. Utah Jazz had this with Jerry Sloan. They basically had seven plays. Incredible, incredible execution. That's why they were so successful. What do you do in special situations? You know, you're, you know we see a team's up three. Ten seconds to go. Are you going to foul? Or are you going to play it out? You have to go through all these scrimmage in your mind, scrimmage mentally, 
within yourself to make decisions of what you'd want to do. Talk basketball with the guys in your staff and other staffs to get different ideas. Uh, you know, the thing that I like is that there's there's no limit. There's no testing in basketball. You can learn as much as you want to. And, you know, the best thing about it is in, in coaching is I've never felt like I worked a day in my life. You know, that's that's the whole thing is that you're doing something that you love. And so as you're going forward, you know, I encourage you to really understand two things. Number one, become a servant leader. You are there to serve the head coach, the school or organization you work for, and the players. No two ways. If you are not a servant leader, you need to become one. The other thing, continuous learner. Never, ever stop learning. I am on a journey of mastery to get better at coaching. I am not even close. So I've been working at this for 40 plus years and I've got to keep going. I'm getting better though, but I got to keep working and I'm more excited than ever to keep learning. That's one of the reasons that we have coaching you. I want to learn. We had a philosophy, Kevin and I, when we started this, that uh, we wouldn't have anyone speak that we didn't feel we could learn from. A little bit selfish, but you know what? We own the business, so we could. And so that's really been one of the things. So anyone that you pretty much see or hear speak for us, whether you're in person or the videos you buy, you know, I think you're going to see those are people that we respect that we felt we could really learn from. Those men or women are terrific teachers, and we wanted to learn from them. So you have a big spring and summer coming up. I want you to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, in about seven, eight days in Fort Worth, you're going to have an opportunity for a one-day event, our first one we've ever had with Coaching You. It's going to be at Texas Wesleyan University. I think you're going to love it. General admission, only $77. No excuse uh, why you can't, you know, come for that. If you want all the videos uh, and your school can pay for them or you can afford it, 197 for the videos and a courtside seat. So it's a great opportunity. Six terrific speakers. I think you're going to be have a great day of learning. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, all the people that we have on the staff there. And then, uh, of course, in July, our big mega events uh, in Orlando, July 5 and 6 at Lake Highland Prep, downtown Orlando. You know, with, in conjunction with the Orlando Summer League, you'll see some of the best NBA head and assistant coaches and general managers teaching over a two-day period. Start at 1 o'clock on the first day on the 5th. Go to 9 o'clock at night. Very intense. And then the next morning from 8.30 all the way to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Fabulous this has proved to be the test of time for nine years as a way to learn. Uh, and then if you can't make it there and you're out west, uh, Las Vegas, the following Monday, Tuesday, the 10th and 11th at Impact Basketball. Joe Abunasar's great facility where all the NBA players train. Uh, you'll see players that are uh, coaches, I'm sorry, that are in the Las Vegas NBA Summer League of which we have 24 NBA teams, you'll see some of the best and brightest head and assistant coaches there. Uh, so it's a great summer for us, and we're going to add some other events, hopefully, and I think you'll look forward to hearing them. So 
register at coachingyoulive.com uh, and I think you know you really get a chance to uh, learn some great basketball. Again, follow us on our podcast, and I think you know we're gonna. And if we can help you in any way, please just uh, send us a text or an email so that we can uh, go forward. Look forward to talking to you the next time. This is the coach, Brendan Surrey.